Hi everyone, it's Johanna Gottlieb with Promo Kitchen and Kate Plummer with Promo Kitchen. And today we have a special guest who is Karen Kopp. Karen is the chief door opener at Kopp Consulting, whose door opener service has helped thousands secure initial meetings. Karen helps her clients get in the door with their prospects. And this is a topic that's really relevant to all of us, no matter what industry you're in, really. With business down for many in this pandemic, it's really exciting for me to think about how we can build business within business, get business from new clients, and really think about our prospecting efforts. So today we're going to talk to Karen for a little bit about some topics, some of her tips and tricks. And we're also going to talk about a special webinar series she's doing with Promo Kitchen. If you haven't registered, check out our Facebook page or promokitchen.org because on June 4th, we are doing a webinar with Karen about building and rebuilding your business in a virtual world. That will be at noon Eastern for one hour. On June 18th, there'll be a follow-up session. There'll be a Q&A for sales reps and managers from 12 to 1 Eastern, and then a Q&A with decision makers and CEOs from 2 to 3 Eastern. Head over to register for those free events. We are so grateful to have Karen with us today and to have us working with us on these events. And with that, thank you for joining us, Karen. Well, thank you for having me. And this history goes back a long way, doesn't it, Johanna? We've known each other for many, many years, maybe more years than we want to tell everybody. And there was a previous Promo Kitchen recording that I did with Larry Cohen from Access several years ago, and that's available as well for people to take a listen to as well, right? You're right. That is a great starting point if you guys want to go back and check out that podcast. There's a lot of great tips in there. So Karen, tell our community a little bit about what you do and why it works. So we are best known for the door opener service, and that's where businesses can hire us on an outsourced basis to represent them out in the market and get them the senior level meetings that they can't get for themselves. And sometimes people want more meetings than they can get. They just don't have time to get them. Other times people are looking to get in at higher levels within organizations and their people are better getting in at the manager level. They'll bring us in to get in at the C-suite level. And sometimes people are really good at getting those meetings, but their time is just better spent on closing deals. So companies will hire us to feed the top of the funnel with new opportunities and net new prospects. And their people will then focus on building those relationships and closing sales. So it makes the entire process of business development just easier. How easy would your life be if I just said, hey, Johanna, Thursday at 10, you need to be with this decision maker. And Friday at two, you need to be with that decision maker. And we did all the heavy lifting of making sure that those meetings with the right people happen. Wouldn't that be awesome for you? I definitely would not complain if that was the situation. (laughs) Right. And then there are other companies who they don't need us to do the door opening for them, but they want their people to do a better job getting in more doors with the right prospects. And so they just need our content and our information. So we do webinars and seminars and coaching and things like that to help those companies just do a better job getting in more doors. So I imagine like a lot has changed over the months with your business in this case, and that you can't be the chief door opener when you're not allowed in the door. 
So how have you kind of repositioned and how have you kind of adapted to the uncertain times that we live in right now? I mean, everyone keeps saying these are uncertain and unprecedented. And so what have you done to kind of change and adapt to this? Well, it's interesting that you ask the question that way, because I think a lot of people do believe that you can't get in the door, but that's actually not what we're finding out there. I have a whole team of door openers representing our clients and getting doors open right now and during the pandemic. Actually, in some cases, we're reaching prospects that we couldn't reach before because now they're more available than they were before. They are answering their phones. Their business phones are rolling over to their cell phones and they're picking them up. People have a very uncertain short term because they don't know what's going to happen. Are they going back to the office? Are they staying home? How has their business been affected in the short term? And what that's done is made them more open to talking about longer term changes. So people who wouldn't before have a conversation about a new vendor, a new idea, are now more open to it. And I think to your point, people don't think that. So they're not making those calls. They're not making those connections. And therefore, they don't have the ability to have those first meetings that other people who don't feel that way are having. There's a lot of reach out that's being done right now by people, and they're not doing it in a way that's making a good connection with a prospect. And that could be what's stopping them from having these meetings right now. And I'll give you an example. I'm the CEO of my company, of course, and my email is blowing up. I get 150, 200 emails a day. And if I see one more that has the word COVID in it, I'm just going to jump out the window. <laughs> because as soon as I see the word COVID in an email, I know it's a cold email. And they've not done their research on me and know what issues I'm personally facing. So it's just in a sea of emails that I'm not reading. Well, what's really interesting about that is that even though I get all these emails, very few people are calling me to sell me something. They're not making that personal connection. So those people who are actually taking the time to reach somebody by phone in addition to the email, phone alone doesn't work, email alone doesn't work, phone and email in combination work. So for those people who are taking the time to reach out to me in different ways, they are getting me. They have a higher share of voice to quote a marketing term because I'm not getting 50 calls for people trying to sell me things all day. I might get one, maybe. Yeah. So not only do people need to call, but then they need to do a good job on that call or on that voicemail in order to make an impact and a difference. But to your original question, our people across industries who are representing our clients are reaching people and we are getting meetings. That's something I've noticed as well is that the personal kind of stands out a bit more. Like you can immediately tell what's a form email of someone reaching out, whereas those emails and everything else and that, you know, have your right name in it are also impactful. So it's sort of how you do that. So here's my sort of follow-up question on that is, for people who are nervous about that first call or that reach out, like what stands out to you is like what makes a good call? It's about the person. Whereas I think a lot of outreach that people try to do focuses on a persona of a decision maker, whereas our philosophy is to focus on the person. 
because in the end, you want a relationship with the person. You don't want a relationship with a persona. You can't even have a relationship with a persona because there's no flesh and blood associated with that. So you want a relationship with the person. And how do you do that? You, You express that you care about that person and that person's issues. And if you do, then you're going to need to do a little bit of research ahead of time on that person, on the company, the industry. What issues are now facing that person that you want to reach out to? And so how do you then structure either the email or the LinkedIn communication or the phone call to focus on that person's issues? And why should that person want to meet with you? There are a lot of people who will leave a voicemail and they'll say, I'd love to meet with you. And I totally understand why they'd love to meet with me. But what I don't understand is why would I like to meet with them? You know, and that's all that matters when it comes to the prospect is why should the prospect want to give up half an hour of his or her precious time to meet with you? So if you've done your research and you can articulate that very concisely and with powerful, meaningful words, then you have a better shot that that person's going to agree to the meeting. And that's what starts the relationship. That's awesome. So for me, one of the things I love about this industry and Promo Kitchen and all the opportunities you have in this industry is the people I get to meet, but that's within my industry. You know, I do have a lot of clients that I get to talk to. You get to talk to a lot of clients in an array of industries, which I think is so fascinating. And you must meet so many different types of people. Talk to us about the changes that you've seen for a lot of your clients pre and during this pandemic. Yeah, so people are right now trying to figure this whole thing out about building or rebuilding their pipelines. They're trying to figure it out. Like think of industries that made a living off of hospitality or the cruise industry. If they're going to be successful in the future, they have got to figure out where business is going to come from. And that's not always a pivot. That's another word that's kind of like COVID that, you know, has become a vanilla word. But focus is a big area. Where do people focus and for how long so that they can sustain their business? And in some cases, that means that the network of people who they knew, who they would tap to get business, no longer exists or is no longer relevant which means they have to create a new network. And that is scary for people who have always leveraged their relationships. And I know a lot of people who have been successful and they're like beating their chest saying, oh yeah, I leverage my network and I get all the business I want from my network. Now all of a sudden their network doesn't have business for them. Uh Uh-oh, now what? Now they have to flex a different muscle and they have to figure out where this business is going to come from How do they open up relationships now in a world where there aren't conferences, there aren't trade shows, and there aren't in-person networking events? And those things aren't going to happen anytime soon. So across industries, when the pandemic first hit, I saw a lot of people who were saying, I'm going to wait it out. In another eight weeks, things will get back to normal. Spring is going to stink. Fall is going to pick up. But now I think people are starting to recognize the fact that fall isn't going to be a whole lot different than spring, and they better not wait. Those people who didn't wait to go do something about this are in a better position now than those people who did wait, because the people who waited now need to mobilize. 
And it's scary out there. It's scary for people to figure this out. But the one thing I do want to tell everybody is based on my experience in running a company that does business development for other companies, there are opportunities out there and this is possible. There had been a whole world of people who were developing business virtually before. So it was possible before, but actually now it's even more possible because the prospects are also used to working virtually now, which has changed in the last eight weeks or so. They've figured it out. If you think about it, when you have meetings with people in person, because there are so many people, and Johanna, you and I were just talking about that the other day, who love to have meetings with people in person because they get to experience the person's energy and see the person's face and all of that. Well, if you think about it, at the point when we go back to the office, so we go back to in-person, and I don't even know when that's going to be. I don't believe it'll be in the fall, maybe by next winter, but people will be wearing masks. So if you think about it, having a Zoom call where you can see somebody's face and they are engaging with you in a one-to-one manner like that is actually better than being with them in person when they're wearing a mask and you can't see their facial expressions. It's a whole different way to think about this. But I'm just going to stop there because I can keep going about the changes, (laughs) but I want to see where you want to take the conversation. (laughs) I find the changes that are happening and the changes that could happen are so fascinating to me. Like we were talking about this the other day is that the people's comfort on video has increased so much, probably to a bad degree where you're just like, I just want to have a phone call with someone. I just want to talk to someone and not look at their face. But I feel like people's comfort level with being a virtual interaction has kind of adjusted from where it was before. And then you know, what do meetings look like? What do restaurants look like? I find this completely fascinating. Even just like, you know, what does interactions look like for people who aren't in a traditional office anymore? I always find it interesting that, Mm -hmm. you know, the people who worked from home beforehand were all of a sudden like, we're having way too many Zoom meetings. We're not used to seeing this many people. Whereas, you know, people who were used to having that day-to-day engagement, they were like, okay, I just want to talk to someone. I want to see someone's face that isn't my significant other who is spending way too much time with. But what else do you kind of see changing? I want to say one thing about that point too. Those people who used to work in offices, to your point, they are craving human interaction. So whereas we, at the top of this call, we're talking about, oh, maybe people don't want to be called. They don't want to talk. No, that's not true. They are craving human interaction. That isn't their spouse, isn't their kids, and they are more open to talking. I was just talking with a client before we got on to do this recording, and these are very senior level business developers who are used to going in in person, doing networking in person. And the questions that they were asking me were, when I do have a meeting with a prospect, a new person which is now different because it's on video call, what do I say when I first get on? Because that has changed for them dramatically versus the handshake and the sit down and look at their office and everything. So one of the things that I said to him is, well, have fun with the backgrounds. Like you guys have been on calls with me and I have the palm tree and the ocean and all of that. Well, usually when my little box pops up, people are laughing. 
and they're saying, how did you do that? And then we have a little tutorial so they could find where their virtual setting was. In other cases, it's what's behind them, because then you get a little glimpse into the human aspect of these new people who you're meeting. And I believe it's doing a better job of helping us to foster a relationship sooner than if you actually met them in a work environment in their office. You're seeing their home. You're seeing their kids sometimes on their lap. Their dog is next to them saying, hey, you forgot to take me out a half an hour ago. And so everybody has become so much more human. And I said to them, when you first pop on a meeting with someone new, make a comment about the background and, oh, you're sitting by the window. You have the window open. Is it nice there? Where are you today? And that's one way to jumpstart a relationship in a way that might not happen in the office. And it might not happen if you just sit there and you wait for the other people to pop on. You just sit there and wait and you're not talking about anything. So to be prepared for that, how else has it changed? People need to move up the learning curve of being able to handle a meeting on a video call. How do they do that? How do they make sure that they have only those attachments that they want to show somebody open and not the other things that you don't want them to see as you're fumbling around? There's lots of training about how to do the mechanics of a call, but not those kinds of things. I did a recording. It's free. People can get it if they write to me at my site. If you go to the contact us and just write in the other that you want the virtual prospect meetings, best practice webinar, we'll send it to you. And it has those kinds of tips on there to make sure if you call into a meeting and you open up your video, that when you leave the meeting, you don't just hang up your phone, you have to leave the video too. Otherwise, people, if you've shown your screen, they can see what you're doing after you leave the meeting. So there's like little tips and things like that. Also, these meetings, you have to do what we call conversation ping pong. You have to have shorter periods of time where you're speaking, especially if you're the presenter or if you're the person leading the meeting, and then a couple of sentences, a question, and turn it over to someone else that your prospect so that you can get information and keep that person engaged. Interesting on a video call versus a phone call, where on a phone call, you have no idea what they're doing. They could be checking their email. They could be walking the dog. They could be doing anything else. On a video call, you actually have their complete attention, almost like an in-person meeting. So you can tell if they're doing something else. But then you have to be prepared to use that time really well. One of the things I say on the virtual prospect meeting best practice webinar is to be prepared for what we call the accordion meeting. So if you have a half an hour, but somebody's having tech problems and somebody else comes late and the meeting starts 10 minutes in, you only have 20 minutes left. If you have 30 minutes of content for a 20 minute meeting, guess what? You need to, on the fly, change how you structure that meeting so that you still close up for next steps and get a date and time before you hit the end of that meeting when that person likely has to go. Different from an in-person meeting in someone's office where you may be able to go over five or 10 minutes if they don't have a hard stop. Here is different. People are pretty scheduled during the day and they likely will have a hard stop. So there is a way to structure a virtual meeting, whether it's a prospect meeting or a client meeting or even an internal meeting 
that people need to move up that learning curve quickly. And those people who are not comfortable with video or their lighting stinks or they're technically challenged when it comes to working these things must move up that learning curve or they will misuse opportunities with clients and prospects. You made a really good point. So I think I remember one of the first tips in learning to get to know clients and going on meetings is, you know, if you're in the office and you see the picture of the dog, make that a conversation starter or, you know, little tips like that or a picture of them on vacation, make that a conversation point. And now we are almost handed that information. You know, I can see Kate's growlers on her shelves and talk to her about those or again, the child or the dog on your lap. It's not at all forced. Guards are down. There's more information being handed to you. So we should really remember to always use those to our advantage. Yes. And there's the tip on the other side as well is like, be conscious of your background. Like, I don't know if you follow, probably not, but the Twitter account, like Room Raider, where they've gone on and like <laughs> gone to people and been like, okay, too much, <laughs> too much fruit in the bowl, like weird lighting, weird angle. And it's been pretty funny that way. I've found that it's made a lot more people conscious of like, do I have a library behind me? What books do I have on there? So it's a great instant icebreaker. But at the same time, it's a great way to kind of show who you are instantly of like, this is my personality. This is my professionalism. This is what I do. Yes. And look around you, behind you. What does it say about you? If you have a really messy office, consider a virtual background because <laughs> then you don't have to worry about that. But if you have a messy background, even though you may be completely organized because you may know where everything is, you have to think of what is the perception to the other person. Oh, exactly. There was one guy and he looked like he was in a bunker and you're just kind of going, you don't look professional at all. And yet you're a doctor and that seems super alarming. So your way of presenting yourself has changed from clothing. Let's face it, we're all wearing shorts underneath our business shirts, but... <laughs> It's changed from clothing and your energy in person to your environment just as much. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's another thing, too, that's different. I think it makes sense to talk about that for a second, having to do with energy. Because if everybody remembers the days when they're going to somebody else's office and you load your bag with the samples that you want to show and you are dressed a certain way, and you have a certain energy, well, now you're home. So you may need to flip from the energy with which you're doing your work, which may be lower energy because it's you're thoughtful, you're creative, you're in that zone, to all of a sudden you're on a prospect meeting, but you don't have the travel time from your office to the prospect's office to get your energy into a different space. And so that's really important, too, that when all of a sudden that video is on, your energy is up, that you're not in that thoughtful, low energy space. I actually haven't seen anything written about that, but it's something that everybody should be aware of, too. Oh, yeah. Also, work on your active listening face, because that's just as important nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's true. Johanna, that's for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take all the tips I can get. <laughs> <laughs> Joe has amazing hair. And if you get her on video, that she's gone Farrah Fawcett on you. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lucky her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm known for a hair flip or two. <laughs> yeah. 
So what would you like everyone to kind of know about the goals of your team and the goals of the seminar that we're going to do? What's to look forward? Because you've given us so much knowledge here. What more are they going to get from you? Right. So we're going to talk about what does building and rebuilding your sales pipeline in a virtual world look like? We're going to go into specific tips. Where are you going to find the new set of prospects? If, in fact, you need a new set of prospects, where are you going to find them? Where should you focus? How do you make those decisions? And then how do you connect with those people in a way that will be meaningful for them? What do you say when you get them on the phone to ask for the meeting? And then once you're on that meeting, what are you going to do to engage those people so that you can be on track for a successful year, no matter what the last eight weeks has looked like for you? I mean, in some cases, people, as you said, they're 80% down. In other cases, they're up, but their business is coming from something that might not be sustainable right now. And so where is the rest of that business going to come from for the rest of this year and next year? And how do you get comfortable doing business differently in this virtual world? So we're going to focus on the specifics around that in the webinar and then in the Q&A, which will happen on the second day, and then it's split up by managers and salespeople versus the business leaders because they're going to have different questions. These groups will have different questions. So come with your burning questions. What's plaguing you about getting the business that you want or stopping you from getting in the door with the prospects that you need to see? And then let's hit that in an open Q&A format. And I can tell you what's working for our door openers, because we're doing this every day for people. The information that I'm going to bring is what's working now because our people are doing it. And so my mission, as your mission is to educate and mentor, my mission is to educate too, is to make sure that everybody has the information they need in order to be successful. It's not rocket science, but you just have to know what to do and what not to do so that you don't spin your wheels and waste your time. That's great. I know I'm really excited. Everyone that knows me knows that I love all things prospecting and learning about it. And I've been doing this for well over 14 years. And just the thought of really needing to do this differently is exciting to me because it's a challenge and it's something I'll get to learn. So I'm really excited about everything you're going to offer. So again, a reminder, if you would like to sign up and we really think you should head over to promokitchen.org or Facebook page for some information about the links to register for our session on June 4th at noon. And then our follow-up Q&A, which are two separate sessions for sales reps and managers, and then CEOs and decision makers. We need you to sign up for those sessions to get registered. It's a free event. You do not want to miss this and tell a colleague, bring some friends. It's going to be great. So Karen, again, we are looking forward to that. And before we wrap up today, is there anything you want us to know, anything you want to share, where can we find you, if we want to reach out to you? Uh, yeah, so people can reach out to me at the website, which is copconsultingusa.com, K-O-P-P consultingusa.com. If you have a question ahead of the webinar, or if you would like to have the link to the webinar that I talked about, virtual prospect meetings, best practices. Make sure you go to the contact us page. Let us know that you want that. 
or put in your question. If you want to know about door opening and how that might work for your company, definitely reach me that way and we'll have a conversation about that as well. And so in the meantime, I would just remind everybody to focus on the health and the depth of your relationships with people, even if they're new people. And that's when we've always found that the money follows. Amazing. Thank you. Awesome. I'm really excited. I really am. I know I've always just listened to everything you had to say and soaked it up like a sponge. So this is going to be a really exciting one for me. We are excited to hear what our community thinks of them as well. Awesome. Thank you for your time today. And we can't wait to talk more in a week. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org slash donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.